we're going to jump right into our, our study today as we are exploring kind of this idea of Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, and then even uh, what Paul means by, by that. We talked about it last week. So here's what I want you to do. I want to invite you to open up whatever copy of the scriptures is most convenient to you, whether that's an app on your phone, or maybe you're old school and you've got a Bible with you, uh, or maybe it's one of the paper Bibles you can find in a pew, oh, not in a pew, in a chair. I'm so used to saying pew. See, I grew up in the church. So anyways, uh, in, in one of the chairs, uh, probably in front of you on the back of one of the chairs. Uh, we're going to turn, we're going to look at Romans chapter 12. That's where we're going to be spending most of our time today. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be picking up where we left, left off last week. And in just in case you weren't here, or uh, maybe you were serving, and so you missed the message, here is the verse we kicked off with this series, and it's inspired us with our current series that we're calling Renew. Uh, and before we read that, as I, while you're still turning there, hopefully, uh, as I said last week, the goal of this series is to inspire us corporately, and each of us individually to have hope that God is willing and able to transform us and to give some clarity and direction for how God transforms those who choose to follow him and what it looks like to be a person who is, by God's grace, transformed. And so the question that I have for you this morning is this, do you want to be transformed? If so, then today is some good news for you. If you're totally fine with where you're at and life is really good, well then, this might be a little boring. Join us in a few weeks when we have a series on prayer and fasting, okay? <laughs> and you, maybe that'll be your thing. But if you want to be transformed by God, by the power of God, to be made more like God, then this is for you today. So let's pick up where we left off and reacquaint ourselves where we've already been. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2 says this. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good, pleasing what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God? So I'm not going to re-preach last week's message. Uh, you know, we looked at these verses last week, and at the end of the message, uh, I, I said this. I said, I made kind of an audacious promise. I said that over the next few weeks, we would be talking about the two most, at least in my opinion, the two most powerful tools that I have literally seen with my own eyes that God uses to bring lasting, and that's a really important word, lasting spiritual transformation into people's lives. And today we're going to be talking about one of the ways that we can practically and intentionally offer ourselves as a sacrifice to God. That part of Romans 12, it says, therefore, in light of God's grace, what present yourselves. This is the idea of intentionality. What are, to what end? As a sacrifice. Now, for some of you who might not grow up with the Bible or everything, you're like, oh, this idea of sacrifice. I knew these Christians are weird. They all want to kill themselves and like sacrifice themselves to God. Okay, that's not what it means. We talked a little bit that last week. But that means just offering all that you are to God. And uh, so, so if it doesn't mean like offering yourself as a human sacrifice, then what is Paul actually saying? Well, good news. The best, the best explanation that for, for what Paul was trying to describe in Romans 12, 1 through 2, surprisingly, happens to be, guess where? In the next few verses. Oh my goodness, you read ahead. Don't do that. I don't see anything. <laughs> oh, you have my notes. Okay, thanks. Um, you're a cheater. 
cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. Um, or if you have the program, you can see that those are the next few verses coming up. But yes, the best explanation for understanding what it means to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice can be found in the next few verses. This is the reason why Paul writes what he writes, because he's probably assuming, I probably need to explain this just a little bit. So let's just look at this. This will be the, the opus for our time together. And hopefully by the time we get to the end here, you'll get the sense and you'll understand what it means, at least at a minimum, what it means to intentionally sacrifice. And I hope at the end you would join me and then you would join us collectively as a church in actually moving forward in the kind of decisions and commitments that will help us as a fellowship, grow. Us as a church, and when I mean grow, I mean mature. So let's read the scripture. How about that? Let's do that. That's, that's a good idea, Phil. <laughs> Romans chapter 12, verse 3 to 8. Lord bless us all. For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. I should pause there. I think it's good to just sink, let that sink in. Instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now, as we have many parts in one body and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the proportion of one's faith of service, use it in service of teaching and teaching. If an exhorting, an exhorting, giving with generosity, leading with diligence, showing mercy with cheerfulness. Now, before we jump in and talk about these next few verses, I... I want to ask that you would just pray with me because uh, when I say amen, I'm, I don't have much time, so I don't get to ramp up into what I want to really say today. And, and I need God's grace with me to, to say what, I th- what I'm really, really passionate about today. And, and you need to know that it comes from a place of love and, and doing my best to encourage each and every one of us and also collectively all of us to move forward so that God would continue to not only grow each of your faith individually, but that he would grow us as a church corporately. So would you just pray with me before we start? Lord, I um, am so thankful for all that you've done. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy as proved through the giving of your one and only son, Jesus, to die for us. And so today, as we look at the scriptures, help us not to think more highly of ourselves than we should. Help us to think sensibly and view ourselves in the light of the faith and opportunities you have given each of us. And this is my prayer. Renew us, God. Continue the work of transforming us into all that you desire each of us as individuals and all of us as one church to become. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. 
Amen. Amen. Did you know, did you know that you can be someone who calls themselves a Christian and never grow spiritually? Did you know you could consider yourself a follower of Jesus? Did you know that you could be someone who has, in some moment of time in history, have said yes to Jesus? You could be someone who sits in seats and never grow spiritually. Oh, that's not possible. A person who never grows isn't a Christian at all. Maybe your standard's a little too higher. Maybe it's higher than God's. Let's look at what Paul had to say, the writer of Hebrews. In 5, verses 11 through 14, I think it's very interesting to, to consider this as we're talking about this idea of spiritual transformation, growth, and maturity. Listen to this. He goes, There is much more we'd like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain. <clears throat> I can imagine, Paul, just like I'm today, I uh, want to talk about something really important, but it's just it's really difficult to say because I know how the human spirit would want to react, how a human person would want to react. So it's kind of difficult to explain. So Paul, Paul goes out there and he just puts it on a limb. And hopefully today, this is me putting it on a limb as well. Since you are spiritually dull <laughs> and don't seem to listen, that phrase spiritually dull in the Greek literally means, uh, literally it means lazy, but in its literal figurative sense actually means stupid. <laughs> uh, it, it act, in, in, the, in the Greek dictionary, it says to, to be lacking in awareness of, or to be slow in knowing, <laughs> okay? So, uh, Paul is saying, there's so much more I'd want to say about this, but it's difficult to explain since you're stupid. <laughs> okay. Now, I'm not going to say you're stupid. I don't go, I'm not Paul, okay? But we're better than these guys. But listen, this is a reality, this, and this is the early church, Instead, you need to, you need, and he says this, you have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you, again, the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill who through training have the skill, who through training have the skill, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between what is right and what is wrong. So last week we talked about spiritual transformation being a lifelong process. Remember? So if, if you weren't here, that's what we talked about. One of the things I wanted us to remember is that spiritual transformation takes a long time. God does it over a lifetime. And, and, but the thing is this, while spiritual transformation takes time, I think it's very healthy for us to be well aware that arrested spiritual development is a real thing. It could happen to the best of us. Here in Hebrews 5, the author is saying to really what most scholars believe 
where the Jewish believers who lived in Jerusalem, catch this in the timeline, these are the people who most likely walked and talked and saw Jesus teach. See, they saw him perform miracles. Okay, These are people who believe in Jesus at a very different level <laughs> than you and I who have not seen the risen Savior with their own eyes. Okay, Catch, catch, this, catch this scenario. And what is he saying to these people? Some who literally walked and talked with Jesus, with the first disciples who were led to faith in Christ by Peter, James, or John. What does he say to them? You should be more mature. You've had enough time. And so what do we learn about what the writer of Hebrews here was trying to say? Before we jump into what I really want to say, I needed to pause and I wanted to let us know that Spiritual transformation and maturity is not automatic. Spiritual transformation and maturity is not automatic. It does take time, but it requires something. And I could tell you just what I think that is. But I think it'd be better if you heard it yourself. Take a listen. Hi, I'm Ashley Callhagen, and I serve in our kids' ministry. If you really believe that your church family is your family, that the your brothers and sisters in Christ are truly your family and you want to live life like that, I would say that serving is the best way that I have found serving and being part of community groups is the best way that I've found to get connected and actually really make deep roots. It's really the only way that I feel that you can really become family in your church is to serve alongside each other. Just like in a real family, how you serve together and you do things together you live life together, that's part of living life. And so I really don't think that Noah and I would be a part of Clarity the way that we are if we hadn't taken the step to serve. And I wouldn't want to go back to the way that we used to do church um, before Clarity, where we just kind of showed up and nobody really knew who we were or cared because... Um, it just wasn't as life-giving and spiritually enriching as um, this has been for us. I think for me, there's a couple of reasons why I choose to serve and want to serve. And I think, I mean, part of it is that I recognize like how much work goes into making just even just a Sunday morning go. So I want to be a part of that just in general because I know that like it takes a village. But also just over those two years of... Actually, it was more than two years of not being involved because um, all through college, Noah and I both just kind of went to his parents' church. And since we were busy college students, we just kind of attended and that was all we did. And over the like six years of not really being a part of a church in the way of serving, just being a part in the way of attending, I just, I just noticed that it, 
it really does change the way that you view church and the way that you interact with the community of your church. Like as soon as I started serving at Clarity, I started to build relationships that I would not have had with the kids, with the parents, with the adults that also teach and serve. There's there's nothing that I could do for God that's going to ever, ever come close to what he's done for me. So when I think about, like even when I have a poor attitude about getting up early on a Sunday or anything like that, I can, I can remind myself that this in in light of all that's been given to me i like this is such a small small thing that i am giving back and the fact that i don't have to earn any of that that it's already been given whether i serve or not and whether i um have a good attitude or not or any of that um is what helps me to be able to serve and do those things because i can remember that this isn't something that like i have to do and it's not something that um like I got, I have to get a certain number of hours in, and if I serve enough, then maybe I'll be good enough. It's it's already been given, it's already been done, and in light of that, I can then give out of just joy and out of um, worship instead of it being a duty and an obligation. And so sometimes I do some fall into that trap of feeling like serving is a duty or an obligation that I have to do. Like oh, this is like part of you know, this is what's required of me. And then I have to remind myself that no, like the debt's been paid, it's done, it's finished. And in light of that, I can now serve with joy and gratitude and worship and just be thankful um, instead of doing it out of feeling like I have to or that um, I have to be good enough or that I'm not good enough. Um, I don't have to worry about that. I can just do it out of joy. I remember <clears throat> our first Sunday and uh, 2013, September, and some of you were there. And we must have had, what, 20, 30 people, was it? At least, At least 20, 30 people helping with setup. And the energy was electric. I mean, it was awesome. Uh, because there were so many people, it felt like none of us were really doing much work. In fact, it kind of felt like we were all just like goofing off. <laughs> it's amazing what happens when uh, you have many hands to help for a load. And the camaraderie and the community felt like family. It was, it was amazing. It really was. If you were there, you remember. You remember what it was like. Those first, those first, first few weeks, those first few months. And, 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 you know, I, I can't speak for anyone personally, but I could imagine that there was not this sense of guilty obligation that anybody had. In fact, I, I think all of us considered it an honor to serve because we actually believe that um, despite all of our efforts, it was actually God who was building his church and we just happened to get invited into this process of what God was going to do with or without us. And so we had this attitude like, hey, whatever God wants, we're just going to do this thing and just see what God does. 
And the truth is, it has been an amazing, amazing six years. And, and over now we're going into our seventh year. Ah, man, can you believe that? And, and God is doing great things through clarity. And he is specifically doing great things through the lives of those who intentionally sacrifice by giving their time and resources to create the kind of environments that allow each and every one of us the opportunity to experience spiritual transformation. You see, we're at a point now in our church where uh, there are many of you who have been around here and maybe you buy into this idea that we've been talking about, this idea of life on mission. And, you know, we're not into like, you know, we try to have okay services, but like services for us, worship services are vital to us because we are worship beings and we're called to worship with each other and study God's word. And, and, but our life doesn't end here. It's, it, this is the sending station. And so we don't think too much of it. But, but most of you who are here now, because you, you walked into a situation and there was someone who was dedicated to set this stage up and someone uh, who's dedicated to show and make sure someone said hi to you and someone who came early to make some coffee and to put some drapes up. And, and then there were some people like me who bring two pairs of clothes because they sweat so much during setup. And, and, and so they have to change. Just, and, and they did that. Why? For you. And they're so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad that you're here. And over a year ago, some of you remember this, 14 months to be exact. 14 months and one day. It was, it was November 11th. I, I looked it up. Uh, how many of you remember that day? It was, it was our last awkward Sunday, if anyone was ever there. Yeah. And here's what I did. I made a plea for everyone who has been blessed with being consumers of what this body of believers has given over the years. And I asked you to consider yourself not only just a, a tender of clarity, but someone who engages by being a part of this local expression of God's church. And many of you began your journey of choosing to be a contributor and, to, and be a consumer. And, and many of you made the decision to intentionally sacrifice and you chose to serve as a part of this local church. And other of you who already, others of you who already served took the time to actually prayerfully consider what the greater role, what the more mature role as God is transforming and now God wanting to continue to transform you. What is it more that God wants me to do? And you took time, that, that time over a year ago to, to go, is there a change you need to do? Do I need to let go of this responsibility and take more responsibility in this different area? Or, or maybe this is the area I'm in and maybe God's calling me like, like you did with Ashley. Ashley just served in our kids' ministry for the longest time. You know, now she obviously, she, she's the director of our kids' ministry, but she never had that in her heart as something to do. She, she just wanted to continue to take next steps, next steps, next steps, the next step that God had for her. And, and if that was you, if that was you a year ago and you stepped up, uh, I don't say this enough, but I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, for signing up. Thank you for showing up. And thank you for staying committed, knowing that one of the greatest tools that God uses to grow and transform our faith is when we serve with one another. One of the greatest tools that God uses to renew and transform our lives spiritually is through service. And so God has done some great things maybe in these just 14 months, but listen... 
God is not done yet. He's not done yet. He's not done with you. He's not done with us yet. As J. Uh, L. Packard, one of the most respected theologians of the 21st century, uh, he was even recognized by uh, Time Magazine as one of the 25 most influential leaders in America. He wrote this in one of his books entitled God's Plan for You. I just thought this was so great. I just want to share it with you. It says this, To seek pleasure, comfort, and happiness is to guarantee that you will miss them all. On the spiritual as on the natural level, okay, these subjective states become heart realities only as byproducts that come from focusing on something else. Sounds like sacrifice. Something perceived as valuable, invigorating, and commanding. Sounds like intentionality. The seeds of happiness, it has been truly said, grow most strongly in the soil of service. Well said. So, here's, the, uh, here's what I want to ask each of you to humbly consider. Would you take a next step towards intentionally sacrificing your time to serve as part of Clarity Church? Not solely so that you, the individual, would experience spiritual transformation and maturity, but also so that we, the collection of people who make us one church, one body in Christ, would continue to experience spiritual transformation and maturity. Listen, some of you love worship. You don't get to do that unless someone says, I will wake up and I will learn this music and I will use my God-given abilities to do what only I can do. Some of you love being in a church where you can sit and hear the word of God without distraction of your kids and also know that the distraction that you want to be put aside just for a second, that they will also hear the gospel as well. You forget that takes committed, not lackadaisical, uh, sure, I'll do it, people to serve. In fact, I wouldn't want to have my kids be part of anything where people who serve like that think and, and operate. You wouldn't want that, would you? No, there needs to be some intentionality. And so today I'm not just going to ask you this question, will you serve? but I'm going to ask you to respond. And so what's going to happen next is uh, Danielle is going to come up here and she's going to explain what it means uh, for us to, to really, uh, she's going to give instruction to how we are going to do this thing, right? And, uh, and really how each of us can take a next step in renewing or for some of you making a new commitment to serve. So, Danielle, would you, would you uh, explain things to us? Sure. Um, okay, so you may have saw them when you came in, but we have some big posters out in the, I guess that's a lobby. Um, so as you're walking out, um, and each department, like there's pr- uh, production, kids, and uh, hospitality. And so what we're asking you to do is look over those, we have all the jobs listed, and which ones you, God is leading you to serve in in this next season. So if um, you're not serving right now regularly, we just ask that you sign up to serve if God is leading you to do that. If you are already serving, we just ask that you kind of recommit 
And if you're serving somewhere that you do not want to serve anymore, we're asking that you talk to me or Leona personally so that we just know. Otherwise, we're just going to assume that you didn't get to the poster and we're going to keep scheduling you like happy elves that schedule people. All right. So <laughs> so just to review, we just would love for you to stop by and, and just be a part. Take that next step. I love how Phil talked about Ashley and just taking that next step. So even if it's just a baby step to serve once a month, go ahead and sign up. If you're already serving and you want to just stay with where you're serving, we'd love to just have you confirm on that board. And then if you want to make a change, just let us know by talking to one of us. Thanks, Danielle. How many appreciate Danielle? Woo! Yeah. She says in two minutes, but I would probably take 10, so that's why I had her come up. Um, You know it's true. So here, listen up real quick. Uh, I I know she said, if God's leading you, I'm going to say this with as much love and, and as humbly as I can. If you call yourself part of Clarity Church, God's leading you, um, I'll go out on a limb and say, I, I think God is asking you. The answer is, will you respond? And that's, that's the question today. Um, and so, uh, as humbly as I can say, what is that next step for each and every one of you? And uh, listen, all of our ministries could use more people on a regular basis. And I just want to talk about a, a couple really quick here. Uh, for instance, uh, I don't know if you know this, There's something in the water, okay? And babies are popping out like crazy. And we predict by the end of 2020, our nursery will average over 20 children. Nursery, nursery, nursery. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And at this time, we we have nine to 12 children on a weekly basis. and, And listen, we currently struggle to have at least two adults in the room each Sunday, which is, by the way, necessary for the number of children we have. And by the end of the year, we're probably going to need three adults to love on these babies and to love our families and love our church enough so that every person can get the opportunity for God to continue the work of transforming and renewing their lives. We also want to provide the safest and best care for our babies as well as an enriching and fun time for our toddlers and preschoolers. And we need more helpers to be able so we can separate uh, by age those kids so that we don't have like little toddlers with their little toys going over to the babies and going, ah, look, ah. you know, that doesn't work very well, okay? Um, and so we need adult volunteers who can serve what, at least once a month in our nursery, preschool, uh, and, and maybe uh, minister to our little ones. And, and by the way, uh, Ashley wanted me to let you know, uh, man or woman, all are welcome to serve in this area. Kids ministry, by the way, is not just a ministry for women. And so as long as you pass our background check, <laughs> and uh, you're going to be good to go. And so uh, also you need to know our Clarity Elementary program is much smaller in this season of our church's life. Uh, there was a season in our life where it was like literally flip-flop. We had a ton of elementary kids and zero high schoolers. No, wait, we had one. It was Colin. Uh, <laughs> um, until Preston finally got old enough to be in it. Hey, Preston. And it was Preston and Colin. Uh, but currently we have five teachers in the elementary uh, class area who serve once a month. But sometimes someone is sick if someone is sick or unavailable, uh, then they have, to, they have to serve 
uh, you know, someone has to serve more than once a month. And it would be great to have more teachers to alleviate the amount of time teachers may have to miss of a service. And listen, you don't have to be a teacher. I don't have the gift of teaching. Uh, You just have to love children. You have to be passionate about the gospel. And you have to be able to read. uh, Because our curriculum is very easy to follow. And it gives you exactly what to say and what to do. Okay? So if you can read, uh, if, if you are passionate about, uh, you know, children, and you love children, you can love children and not, like, have short tempers with them. Like, they don't, like, tick you off. Okay? And we need you to actually like kids, by the way. That's one thing I can make a promise. If you don't like kids, I will not ask you to serve in kids. We do not need that kind of energy <laughs> over there. But you don't need to be a teacher. Okay? You just need to be able to read. You need to love the gospel. Um, this is just really a small example of the many ways we need you to engage as a church. And, you know, of course, we, we could use more people in the setup, and now we just, uh, I was done asking people for a teardown, so I just, like, all of you are tearing down with us when we get done. So we just, I fixed that issue. Uh, and that's been great, by the way. So continue to help us tear down every week. But let, let me just get real honest just for a second. Um, I'm not going to ask you to do something that is convenient or easy because here's what anyone who's lived a full life knows. Anyone who's lived a full life, this is what they know. Life is difficult and there's a lot of suffering in it. And you have to learn how to conduct yourself in the face of the hardships and the trials and when things don't go as you would like them to. And as I have said before, I'll say again, a lot of what people find in life that provides them a sense of sustained meaning is a consequence not of a pursuit of happiness or a pursuit of rights or development of self-esteem or the easy way out, but it is an adoption of responsibility. It is the people who take the most responsibility that you and I admire the most. Because taking on responsibility, and this is whether you're a Christian or not, and this this is just truth, is the right pathway in life. Like being responsible is just right. We as believers call this obedience. In Luke 10, verse 2 to 3, Jesus says this, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Now go. So this is how we're going to close today. Um, I'm going to ask you to stand. Uh, Not yet. You can stay seated. I know. I almost got some of you. Man, you're you're ready to be obedient. You're like, Phil, you want us to be obedient? Okay. I'm going to ask you to stand in just a second. And then... Uh, as our worship team comes up, they're going to lead us in worship. And what I want us to do is, during this song, just to, 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 to sing it like we mean it. And if you're not a singing type of person, well, then look at the words and read it like you believe it. And then, in light of what we're singing and what we're understanding, I would like all of us to respond Uh, not from human persuasion or a sense of guilty obligation. 
I want us to respond in our hearts, taking that time as the worship team plays and ask God, what do you want from me? And then as the worship is done, um, I'll come back up and we'll pray for God to send workers. Then you and I will step up and we will realize that God doesn't ask anyone to pray for workers, that he isn't simultaneously calling them to now go. So we'll respond. And then we'll step back and watch God to continue to transform and renew us all.